afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? Wet July splashes on, gentlemen. We're still caught in the riptide that is wet July. Why don't you have any wet sound effects? He does. I, I did start but, the last episode with a with a little splash at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I put that in in post. And actually, let's just splash put here. it in right here. See? Wasn't that great? No, that, was oh, that was wet. Ooh. Jeez, Nico. Do it again. Do it again, please. All right, one more time. There you go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> on the Hit topic. The spot. On, I was on, parched. <laughs> on the I had topic. some dry elbows there and oh allow me to lubricate them for you my friend <laughs> oh thank you my friend anyway uh on the topic of uh uh this wet month we're doing it's very important to note that um uh today july 14th at the time of this podcast is actually national nude day oh so we could have done something else. I guess this is kind of close. <laughs> I mean, well, I, 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 the theme for this month has been water specifically. So I know, but I, I guess I nudity and water kind of go hand in hand. Ideally, <laughs> in a perfect world, I think. I think uh, so. Adam, it's nine fifteen p.m. <sighs> Eastern time on yes. Nude Day. I know. Yeah. And you're just telling me now. Yeah, way to pull I'm up sorry, in the eleventh hour. I really kind of feel like I've wasted my day now. <laughs> you're right. I feel bad now, guys. Uh, it's it's dark out. I mean, everyone I was naked in the office today too. It was very confusing. I just I should have been naked in my office. There, and I, there, I work at home, but <laughs> you know, I just played full court basketball and we considered doing shirts and skins today. And had I known that it was nude day, I would have pushed for the skins. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Instead, we were all clothed. I didn't. Re- I- it would have had to be like thongs and schlongs instead. <laughs> Guys, I didn't realize we were this comfortable. <laughs> it's 2022, Adam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Inflation is 35 percent. No one gives a and fuck anymore. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the future. <laughs> Insert splash sound. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. Hey, how are we? Uh, before we get into this week's featured presentation, uh, Adam and I, uh, uh, we have something to report on. We we have seen a Louis C.K. movie. Yes, in God. theaters. If oh, you saw believe. you saw it. And uh, yeah, I think we need to talk about it on the show. We I, live to tell the tale. Yeah, we live to tell yeah, the yeah, tale. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. What a wet month it's been. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this was this was quite the wet movie. This Louis C.K. film we saw. So, uh, Louis C.K., a disgraced stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Um, disgraced public masturbator. Right, right. Louis C.K. But also uh, one of uh, the, the favorites of Why Is This a Thing? I mean, just on the Why Is This a Thing, Mount Rushmore, I would say. I, th- I think he has at least a couple with Taddies under his belt. Um, you know, went away for a while because, as you said, Nick, he jerked off in front of some women that didn't want him to jerk off in front of him. Uh, and uh, he's back now. Apparently, sort of. He's back. He took out a, a loan on his house, took out a line of credit on his home, financed an independent movie, wrote it with uh, a comic friend of his, Joe List, and also featuring a bunch of other comics and Boston actors, local Boston actors. 
And uh, it was playing one night, one night only across the country in Regal Cinemas. Turns out there was a Regal Cinema in Waterbury, Connecticut. And Adam and I were like, let's do this. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was the how 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 packed was it? Ah, uh, you would be surprised. You'd be surprised. This, no, that's this, what I'm wondering. I one mean, of the if biggest it's one sh- night only. One of the biggest shockers was that people actually showed up to this thing. Yes, and I, you know, it wasn't like like filled up. It wasn't sold out. It wasn't Thor. No, no. Oh god, <laughs> it wasn't. Thor. If you can believe it, yeah. Um, <laughs> no one's rushing out to see this Louis C.K. film. What's wrong with the world? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, a decent turnout, I thought, anyway. Yeah, I think a, a couple gluttons for punishment like us certainly sure. went out there. They were like, all right, I'm curious. People, Hands or arms crossed. Impress me, Louis. I mean, when you, looking around and then res, like responding to people's laughter was, was part of the experience for me. Because I'm like, oh, my God, there are people who actually laugh at the same stuff that Nico and I do. Yeah. <laughs> this is very weird. It was strange. Yeah. It was kind of a strange experience because, like, we're really in no man's land with Louis C.K. right now. Like, I'm not sure what anyone is supposed to think about him. Here's my take on everything, right? <laughs> believe whatever you want to believe. At, at this point, do whatever you want to do. Like, if you think, like, he's a monster and you don't want to support him anymore with your money or with your attention, that's fine. Like, if you want to write a tweet thread about him, I'm cool with that. If you think he did nothing wrong, I'm okay. Like, literally anything on this, I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. I think, like, I'm okay supporting the guy financially, and I also have in the back of my head, like, oh, this guy definitely did some fucked up shit. But I'm also like, he apologized for it. Maybe there should be a pathway to redemption. Whatever. Like, honestly, believe whatever you want to believe. I believe that it's okay to see his movie when it's playing in theaters for one night only at Regal Cinemas. And it felt like there was a number of people that felt the same way. And it was kind of interesting, you know, being in a theater watching this movie that... I mean, has the production quality of like a '90s indie movie. <laughs> I was saying, uh, like we we got about must have been five minutes in. I'm not I'm not even kidding. And I just turned to Nico. I'm like, why are we seeing this in a theater? How is this playing in a theater? Why are we sitting with people and watching this movie? Yeah, because <laughs> it is grossly, disgustingly indie. Yes. I mean, it's it's the kind of indie that if you were growing up in the 90s or you became a film fan of the sure. 90s, you came to expect out of a n- national release. Like, it is Clerks level indie. It is Buffalo 66 level indie. Like, it's we're talking about that kind of... And sometimes we do indie movies on this show, too, and they're usually like low-rent horror films that get dumped on Amazon. That's what we're talking about here in terms of yes. production budget. Looks like an Amazon film sometimes. Yeah. A lot of the time. For sure. That being said, uh, I think we all had a pretty good time. Surprisingly good time. It wasn't just Nico and I. It was yeah. our good friend Jabril uh-huh. and my girlfriend Abby. Uh, and it was delightful. Abby, Abby cried. Abby loved it. Abby loved shed it. a tear. Loved it. I and was, then she gave me a hug afterwards. There was mascara on my shirt. That's and that's how true. I knew, knew yeah, she, she was she, sobbing. She had to confide in Nico, not me. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to help her on this one. That makes sense. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I had a really tough time with that ending, man. Like, that was... No, I mean, I get it. It was a, it was a fairly moving little thing. I do feel like I've seen this movie before. And totally. That, that's fine. Sure. It's fine. I mean, the first 10 minutes is ripping off Woody Allen to the point of... I mean, God... God, it's it's just plagiarism, isn't it? <laughs> That's kind of what Louis's been doing, or at least that 
was what he was doing Dan- with the TV show. Dancing around, well, yeah, dancing around it, but it's a little more aimless, and you sort of have to find the Woody of it all. There's an absurdist degree. stroke yeah. Yeah. to Louis the TV show that I don't think is in any of Woody Allen's movies. No. You know, but this first 10 minutes was just a Woody Allen film. The jazz, the anxiety, the, the therapist session. Oh, my God. The therapist session. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's pure, pure Woody. And I mean, Louis has talked about that in the past. Like Woody is his, you know, main influence as a filmmaker. And it definitely makes sense uh, with Horace and Pete. I think like he tried going in a different direction. And um, certainly with I love you, daddy. I mean, he's. Literally commenting on Woody Allen while shooting the movie like Manhattan, you know, like it's literally the, you know, it is uh, cut from that cloth. Um, But here it's just it it felt kind of like out of necessity. It's like this is all the the movie that I have the money for. Like there's I put everything I could possibly put on screen. Um, And it's really it's really modest. It's a modest Mm. feel good, um, (laughs) you know. I wouldn't say crowd pleaser, but like it's a it's a everything's going to be okay kind of indie movie. It takes a while to get there. Yeah. It's sort of a feel good. Also, definitely not a feel good movie at the sure. same time. Yeah, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. upsetting, crushing family drama. Yeah. Uh, that that, you know, it deals with, you know, sort of this nuanced and sometimes not nuanced drama in very interesting ways, particularly with that father character. Uh, yeah. Do 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 I recommend it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe soft recommend. Wait till it comes yeah, out soft on, recommend on for... demand. I guess. Sure, I, I guess. I'm curious what, as to how many what streaming pe- service is going to pick this up. Uh, no, it'll be LouisCK.com. Yeah, that's, that's what it'll be available on. But yeah, <laughs> like um, I I guess um. I guess uh, like I, I I don't know I was I was taken aback by this Joe List guy I really loved him in the movie he's really good he yeah. so he's the co-writer and the star of the movie Louis is in it for like two scenes he plays Joe List's uh, therapist he's good in the movie uh, yeah. yeah Louis's a good actor. really good actor mm-hmm. and that's something that we've forgotten in all of this well we forgot a lot about Louis yeah, I guess well, in unfortunately uh, it's just sort of the obituary was completely rearranged <laughs> in the wake of all of this but uh, yeah I mean like. American Hustle, uh, Trumbo, uh, e- even all of Louis. Like, yeah, he's a really solid actor and a really good storyteller and filmmaker. Yeah, and he- it was a voice that I had missed. I didn't even realize how much I missed it. I mean, this is a guy, for better or worse, I have, I've watched all of his shit. Like, I've watched every single movie, every single hour of TV this guy's worked on. Have you seen Lucky Louie? Uh, yeah, I have. Wow. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I'm, I'm that devoted. I've, Damn. I've seen the, uh, yeah, the failed HBO sitcom Lucky Louie. That's um, amazing. And yeah, I, I I missed that voice. I missed that kind of rhythm, the the rhythm of his dialogue and the like sort of immature maturity of his comedy, if that makes any sense. Does yeah, it, I yeah, see. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I just sort of I missed his eye for characters and like he's a he's really good like caster of directors. He's really good at casting like very specific people for these roles like mm-hmm. the mother in this movie. Essentially the, the 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 plot is it's very simple. It's like the struggling jazz artist who has a lot of anxiety keeps meaning to confront his alcoholic racist family. And one uh, 4th of July for the scheduled uh, picnic, he decides to go up there without his wife and finally confront his family. And his family is just filled with, as I said, drunks, racists, uh, bigots, um, people that are not too in touch with their emotions. His mother in particular 
is a very Boston mother that sort of speaks in a very condescending, matter-of-fact way. And, like, you can just tell Louis C.K. grew up with 20 women like this in his life. You know, like, it's it's all very specific. Mm -hmm. And, uh... You know, really like good dramatic stuff in there too. There's one moment where Louis sort of holds on the the main character's father. Oh, that's the best stuff in the movie. And it's it's yeah. just like it's great, man. Like this guy, unlike a lot of other comedy directors of his era, really understands the the poignancy of just holding on a moment. I mean, face, yes, that's really yeah. all of Horace and Pete. Mm-hmm. All of Horace and Pete is just staying with the characters ten seconds longer than you're supposed to be with them. Yep. Um. Yeah, it, it's good. It's a good movie. I, I would, yes, I would give a you a, movie, yeah. a soft recommend. You know, whatever you feel about the guy personally, again, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. You're entitled to what you believe. I yeah, I, I mean, don't let the, the reviews sway you because that's not beloved at all right now in in in, in the papers uh because uh as you can imagine feels like there's some bias yeah yes when it's like no it's it's a good movie there was one sure. review By i the saw fake news lamestream media <laughs> that's right nick <laughs> no like i get it like listen i totally understand I, I, I totally understand like if you were the ceo of best buy and you did what louis ck did in the best buy offices this man would never have the position of ceo ever again and just because it was in a comedy club like whatever i get it i get it i get it i've heard all those arguments but if you have seen the movie and you're choosing to write a review on the movie be honest about the content of the movie Mm -hmm. and there was one review i saw i think it was in variety this week that sort of said that the movie um entertained some of his problematic behavior and that's just not true at all that is complete fucking spin in every way in what way yeah i think he said like oh the way that the movie asks you to look for the good side of the family of the problematic family it's like it's grasping at you're fucking grasping at the (laughs) the shortest of straws here jeez no it's none of that like it's 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 a really like it is an unoffensive movie in uh in so many ways. I would say it's an unoffensive movie. It's quite an offensive movie. Well, not in that way. No, though. just thematically, yeah, 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 I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. there's there's no... Like, there's, even I not, Love You, Daddy was sort of dancing on the line of good taste. This was not... Like, no, no, no. It's not, like, philosophically questionable at no, all. No, it's very clear-eyed yeah, yeah. in, like, who the good guys are, who yeah, the bad guys yeah, are. Yeah, precisely. For sure. So. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, Nick, check it out when, when you can. I, I, would, I, I would love to, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, we've I'm sure we've all beaten this dead horse a million times, but I will say, like, obviously... Some of the uh, best artists of throughout all of human history are also some of the most fucked up people. Polanski. Who have good all, sides and bad sides. All of them are. All of them. <laughs> Literally right? all of the best artists I, are I, fucked up people. I, I, and, no, and people who aren't fucked up generally make pretty boring art. Sorry. It's just I will, true. I will continue to say Polanski, Polanski. I will fucking love everything that that guy's done, but he's a piece of shit. I don't One care. One of the worst human beings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, right? totally. Yeah. It's, totally. it's a challenge, you know. Nick, it's you're, and you're not allowed to watch Chinatown ever, ever. That's my favorite old movie. Yeah, well, it's off. It's off. It's it's off the table. Too bad. <laughs> it's actually my favorite old movie. <laughs> it's an incredible uh, film. <laughs> yeah, I just it, I just don't. I, no, I just I don't I don't like that we're continuing to go like whatever your line is. I'm comfortable with wherever your line is. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Like if you only want to see stuff from is, people that you uh, no, 100% my, my philosophy align with is. is my, my philosophy really comes down to um, use your decisions to decide what you want to pay for and what you want to pirate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. Right? Like, yeah, I like honestly, that. I think, like, if you don't agree with what he's done, Steal like, pirate from the this bad shit. People. Yeah. Steal this shit. Yeah. You know, same with music. There's a lot of, like, 
musicians over the years who have done horrible th- things that I, I still love, love their music. So I just don't buy it. <laughs> you like Louis C.K.? Well, what is Louis C.K.'s stance on abortion? <laughs> Maybe we should ask Louis. <laughs> Louis! <laughs> You just steal this shit, man. <laughs> Do it. I was talking to a cousin the other day, and she was like, you know, I saw that Michael Jackson documentary, and I just can't listen to Michael Jackson music again. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's legit, but uh, I mean... No, I'm not going to do that. Like, we have to be realistic about these things. You know what I mean? Like, no I just more think, Billie Jean. Yeah, I mean, there's contradictions in everything. You know, like, I can't. I'm sorry. I don't have the time. Like, if I'm listening to fucking a classic rock station and I hear bad come on, like, I don't have the time to do the moral calculus in my head and weigh the pros and cons of, like, is this person you know, too much of a monster for me. I don't know. Like, it, al- it also doesn't make bad a bad song. Yeah, it's, it's a slippery <laughs> that's, fucking that's slope, man. Also, because like, then I have to do like, I have to get take inventory. I have to do a moral audit of every artist in a Hollywood. Moral audit. Good luck. <laughs> moral audit. Fuck off. Good I can't do luck that yet, to no. you, my friends. Yeah. You know, more people are bad than good, so <laughs> you're already well, in a bad situation. I don't know, but, but like, whatever, man. Whatever, I think most people want to be good, and I think most people are bad at it. <laughs> that's, yeah, sure. That's my honest... <laughs> we could do better. I think that's Everyone right. We could do a little better. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, <laughs> that's 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, we never mentioned the name of the movie, did we? Never thought we'd be sitting here July of 2022 yeah. <laughs> talking about a Louis C.K. movie. Never thought I'd see it. But here we are. Here we are. Did he just win? What is it? An Emmy or what did he win? He won a Grammy. Grammy. Yeah, he won the Grammy for Comedy Album of the Year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Feels like there's comedy. Actually, I I just watched that uh, Dave Chappelle Netflix thing. Oh yeah, it wasn't really a comedy special so much as it was. No, it wasn't really a special. It was um, the school, the high, the arts high school that he went to, uh, wanted to name the auditorium after him after his last comedy special came out when all the controversy happened. Right. And so he gave a uh, I think a commencement speech or so, or no an acceptance speech. Yeah, there, there was there was a, actually like a petition. The students petitioned to make this not happen and the uh, principal of the school was like, "No, we're we're still doing this." Yeah. Um, and so he gave this big speech at the school talking about how important it was, um how important like uh free speech, freedom of thought, um yeah, and comedy is art. Yes. Uh, and how being controversial can be important and the point and the more you, people tell you you can't say something, the more important it is for you to say. Yes. Yeah, this, it was a great, phenomenal. It was one of the few times you can really listen to Dave Chappelle, the intellectual, mm. not Dave Chappelle, the comedian. Yeah. And uh, at the end, he to spoiler, he um, <laughs> he announces he uh, doesn't really want the theater named after him. He wants to name it the. Um, what was it like the theater, the theater of for artistic expression maybe artistic expression yeah, yeah and he like said um if down the road you guys decide you want to put my name on top of that go for it yeah but yeah. right now yeah and that that you know. of course was another source of controversy for people um but the yeah fact I mean, that he the fact that he chose to not put his name on it and wanted to name it no without- no no the the special in general i mean just sort of the tenor of it like there there was a line at the end uh where he called the students that boycotted the naming um 
uh, weapons of of uh, what, what was it? Weapons oh yeah, of he was saying instruments he was of saying, suppression uh, of oppression. Yeah, he was saying that um, he's like, I know that those ideas and those things they were telling me weren't their ideas because I've heard them before. Right. I've heard <laughs> I've heard those same arguments. Before, I've heard so that I talking point. I wonder where those are coming from. Right. So he was saying like these aren't these kids' independent thoughts. They're just repeating talking points, and and they don't even realize that yeah. they're being. Uh, Oh, you know, and like everything he said was very, uh, I don't know, maybe honest and, uh, very yeah, that was a, that, it was also like a, a, a very minor contra- part of the, the speech. Like most of the speech was about like how much he loved the school and how the school sort of taught him all of these tools that how he was later in life, how it shaped yeah. his, yeah, his, his opinions on art and like the nuances of art. And yeah, he goes into, and also like his struggles with the Hollywood system, why he left the Chappelle show um so like it was also a very minor part of the speech at the end but of course like you know the the outlet picks up that one line and puts it in the headline again removed from context um and that get everybody mad it just doesn't seem like anyone that's mad at uh, I mean Chappelle has actually watched the specials that's the frustrating thing about this I can't say I agree with everything he said during that whole thing but honestly in context it's he, he at least defends every he he has like a good standing to make his argument Oh yeah, yeah. What? Sure. It's it's hard to really yeah, criticize. Just the just argue just argue back. That's all. Just right. fucking when the, make another argument. Make a better argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's whatever. It's okay. Whatever. Anyway. It was it was a good watch though. Good. Watch. This is this has been uh, episode two thousand five hundred and seventy three of the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, wet month. Okay. One more splash. Uh, do we want to really quick? Before we, I'm gonna interrupt you again. Okay. The uh, Dave draft. Oh, the Dave draft. Stand. Oh, we're gonna talk about that. We we should mention it. We yeah. gotta remind folks. Do you want to keep the voting open, or or do you want to settle this right here, right now, like men? We do two. We do two weeks. Like like men. I think off air you were the one that was suggesting perhaps we you know push it. We don't know. You weren't sure. Uh, well, I, I'm just uh, I'm just throwing it out there now. Should we meet uh, at I, high noon? In bro, the I'm, of the town? I'm good for for whatever. You want to catch some waves and surf them and and see who who survives? I'll, I'll take you on, man. Well, it just Let's feels go. like the Discord <laughs> is voting for a tie right now. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. I do want to say this. I do. Wanna, so that <laughs> that Judas John Blood, by the way. <laughs> That absolute Judas. He's been aggressively calling you out. He has. Yeah. Aggressively. I, does not want I came out to an early lead in this poll. I came out to an early lead. And then John says, like, we can't have Nico win again. Like, that would just, you know, ruin the bit. And then we have other Discorders now actively trying to force a tie so we can uh, face off. So I'm just saying, let's let's just skip all the formalities here. Let's just, just do the face off. Let's just fucking cards? do it. But what if I get a lead? Well, fuck off, man! We're going to a tie. Well, but I, th- I, I, I think, <laughs> I Listen, think that's the official. The official rules do state that we have to keep it up for two weeks. That is true. These are the rules. I don't write the rules. All right, fine. I actually, keep- I think I did write the rules, but um, <laughs> we'll keep it. I. We'll keep it. I, we got I, week. Jo- but but I jokingly commented about, oh, you know, guys, it'd be f- it'd be f- it'd, it'd be fun if we got a tie so that I could kick Nico's ass. Yeah, in and a this game is what it takes, by the way, for you to I win. Didn't I didn't mean I, to do that. I, I get it. You can't win I on the merits of your list. I get it. You're going out there. <laughs> it was good. Hey, hey, hey. I, the I voters see. did turn out for my list. I did get some uh, a decent number of votes. No, but I was kicking your ass. I wouldn't say you were. Kicking I, my I was. Ass I was winning hands. Trailing, trailing by like one. I think at the most. There's a period where I was trailing by. Three. I don't know. And then there's you went a, out there and I, I, 
I get it. I get it. I think it got, what happened was I think it got up to the point where it was eight. And then I was like, ooh, we're getting close to a tie. And then I made that joke. And then everyone was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, vote in the Discord or don't. I don't really care. I'm prepared to kick this guy's ass in whatever game we have to settle this that's with. True. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. That's fine. Yeah. Current standings. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's list has nine. Can you can we My, read the list one more time? Uh, Nico's list is Tom Hanks, Tom Holland, Tom Brady, and Tommy Pickles of Wonderful Rugrats list. fame. Wonderful list. Nine votes. Team Nick, that is me. Tom Cruise, Thomas Edison, Tommy Wiseau, and Tom Hiddleston. I have been accused of having an all villains list, and I I appreciate that. <laughs> I also chaos. have officially conceded the race with only three votes. Yep. Okay. Adam it was Hall. a good run. It was a good run. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, Adam Hall, Tom Hardy, Tommy Chong, Tom Petty, and Tommy Lee Jones with a tie nine vote. If Tommy Chong beats me in this. Let me thing. be perfectly frank. I have the best list on this. <laughs> I do. I was, no, I was you, looking you at this and I'm like, trickery. you know something? You called your Russian Ta- bots up Ta- to, Tommy, to, to stuff Tommy, the ballot box. Tom okay. Holland is just not, it's like, like no. I was like, ugh. I'll win anyway. When you go low, we go high. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I think if anyway. you picked Hiddleston instead of Holland. You would run away with this shit. I think, you, I think you'd, it'd I be 11, that was a bad I think it'd be pick. 11 to 8 or something like that right now. And I have I have no idea how Tommy Pickles is serving you right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Tom Brady kids. is the most polarizing thing you, you could possibly uh, uh, induct or whatever. A great champion. Um, the only thing I was like, the best geez, like, the only like sh- like winners on my team. The only lock that he has is Tom Tom Hanks, and I was like, yes, America's uncle. Tom Brady is not the best champion, by the way. Joey Chestnut is America's champion. <laughs> Accurate. I, either way, I need some W's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, the rest of you guys can draft all these fucking losing quarterbacks. Yeah, but, I'll draft. I'll draft a winner. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You're gonna let Tom Brady down by losing again. <laughs> and you know what? It'll you be. You guys are scared. I get it. You're scared. Look at all these silver medals you have up here. By the way, you're scared. <laughs> We hang him in the rafters here. We hang second place finishes in my stadium. That's how that's how desperate we've gotten. Look at all at these Nico. trophies com. and they're all just at, silver. At the, just rows of silver trophies. At the Nico.com, NicoEmpire.com arena. We fucking we hang we hang second place banners. I want to. I want to come to the, like the, the, a, a family party where Nico's finally an uncle and his nephew's there. He's like, these are all of my wins, guys, and they're all like, why aren't why there can't any it be go- my kids? Why aren't there any gold medals, Uncle Nico? Why are they my <laughs> nephews? Why can't they be my children? Your children? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> he just has fucking. Tom's. I know. I know. These are the Tom's. I know. That's enough of that. I'm, I'm just picturing silver trophies and red medals and red uh red ribbons and <laughs> wet month. Mm. I said wet month. So much fucking work for myself. Why do I do this? Next <laughs> week I'll get the button. Are you pressing the M key on your? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> just mark mark. <laughs> There's that a wet me. sound effect there. Like, like, I feel, I feel like there's a, we, we could have done splash, couldn't we? It feels sort of like, like perfect. Um, a, what splash month? <laughs> for wet month, we do splash, right? <laughs> uh, splash the Tom Hanks uh, movie or splash the uh, reality television show on ABC featuring Louis Anderson. 
that tipping one. into the pool. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that one, yes. <laughs> diving competition, celebrity diving. Uh, okay, so the, the film is Big Wednesday. It is a movie from 1978. It is directed by the great John Milius, screenwriter of Apocalypse Now and filmmaker in his own right. Uh, you might know him from Red Dawn. You might know him from Commando. No, Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. Dillinger. Dillinger. Uh, wrote Dirty Harry. Sure did. You might also know him as the inspiration for Walter Sobchak from The Big Lebowski. Yeah. John Milius. Mm-hmm. Quite a character. One of the interesting characters in the long and storied history of, of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie stars Jan Michael Vincent in the lead role. William Catt. And our boy, Gary Busey. My first exposure to this movie, gentlemen, was in the year 2011. I am watching the reality television show Celebrity Apprentice, starring the future president of the United States, Donald Trump. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gary Busey uh, was a contestant on the show, and there was a task involving a commercial. I don't remember what the product was, but Gary Busey was to star in the commercial as part of the contest. Uh and I think it was like it was a the scenario was Christmas morning. Gary is going to unwrap some gifts with his wife and they're sitting on the couch together. And Gary Busey has a bathrobe on and nothing underneath. <laughs> OK, so there's a moment because the video is the commercial is being filmed in such a way that Gary Busey sits on the couch and a wardrobe malfunction happens. <laughs> the robe blows back and exposes uh his johnson it's blurred on nbc television but you know it's there uh and he says to his uh co-star in the commercial did you see big wednesday oh that's i see (laughs) (laughs) because apparently the joke that's what his wife calls his apparatus big wednesday and uh, I was really curious what the reference was there. And I did some digging and I'm like, oh, Gary Busey was in a cult you mean, surf movie you mean, from the 70s. You mean you hopped on Google. Typed Absolutely. In, typed in Gary Busey's Big Wednesday. I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fingers you were, crossed. You were disappointed. <laughs> big wow. Wednesday. Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday. It's a fucking big Wednesday. Are you guys satisfied with the wetness of this film. It's pretty wet. It's very wet. I thought I would, it could have been wetter. I don't know. There was a whole middle part where there was no wetness at all. Did you see all that water in the third act? That was a lot In the of, third act, you're right. Yeah, I, like, I, I thought we were going for movies that were wet through and through. That's true. I'm not know? sure it's I'm not sure it's quite as wet as Deep Blue Sea. It's close. It's a little dry in the center. Yes. It is a little dry. It is a little, a little yet, dry in the yes. center. Yeah. But thematically, it's important. It's that kind of it the opposite of a Klondike bar, you it is, know? No, but it, <laughs> right. it, this is the thing. It is important that this movie gets a little dry at one point. Totally. It's, it's, it's part of the story, right? Makes you appreciate the wet. I know. Ex- exactly. 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 Thank exactly. you, Adam. Thank it's you. a movie about recapturing the spark for your wetness, you know? <laughs> it's about rediscovering wetness. <laughs> wetness. It's about it's all about water. For a while there, it's like we strayed away from the water, but all things return to the shore. You know, drinking a glass of water. All things return to the deep blue sea. Uh, Oh boy, this movie, surfing movie. Uh, What did you guys think of it? And then I'll I'll go into my thoughts because this was my selection, by the way. 
We're, we're all selecting a movie. Ah, uh, wow, wow! This is very, very it, weird this, and interesting movie to me. It um, was just um, they don't I, make movies like this anymore. They, they don't. certainly don't. Well, it no. just felt like an old. It felt like a. It felt like a movie that was being filmed as if it was made twenty years before it was. Which like it felt old even for when it came out. No, no, I, I said in the group chat and I still, I, I still mean this is that it, it's a movie that felt like it was, uh, about eight years too late. Um, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating movie and I, I'm, I kind of feel bad for everyone involved because it was kind of ravaged by critics when it came out. It was a box office failure, much to the surprise of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You want to tell that story? (laughs) Uh, You could tell it better than I would. Okay. Well, uh, it's the seventies. It's the height of the film brats. And, you know, they're all sort of hanging out, exchanging scripts with one another. John Milius is hanging out with Lucas and Spielberg. <laughs> Lucas and Spielberg are about to release in the year 77 and 78 Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. But they see this script for John Milius's Big Wednesday. And Spielberg was like, yo, this movie is about to fucking break the bank. Like this, it's going to be the fucking surfer version of American Graffiti. Like it's going to be, I think that was the actual <laughs> he quote. He said it is a combination of American Graffiti and Jaws. That's hilarious, dude. That's <laughs> like, fucking great. <laughs> Unless I was mistaken, there weren't many sharks in dude, the movie. hell yeah, no, I, man. I did see one shark and it freaked me the fuck out. Really? It was clearly not supposed to be there. I'm like, holy shit, there's a shark Oh, right it was there. just like in yeah. the background. It was no, like it, Not in the background. There's, it's at the very end where there's all fallen down and a guy like falls into a, a dorsal fin just yeah. pl- plops up and i'm like whoa yo i oh didn't my notice God, that there's That's a shark crazy. right there yeah. so they're like hey we we got to get in the big wednesday business so spielberg <laughs> lucas and milius swap percentage points on those three movies that i just listed so spielberg gives milius uh, a percentage of the profits of close encounters Lucas gives Milius a piece of the Star Wars action. He gives him percentage points on Star Wars. And in exchange, Milius gives them fucking a piece of Big Wednesday. <laughs> so he's the winner here. <laughs> and Close Encounters and Star Wars each gross about $600 million in the 70s. Oh, man. And Big Wednesday loses money. It, 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 was, it, it makes, cost- I think, $4 million on an $11 million no. budget. Poor Spielberg and Lucas, but good for John I think Milius. They worked, I think they made it out all right. I would hope so. I think Milius needed the money more. Yeah, probably. Here's you know? the deal. This is not a bad movie. No, I don't think It's so. actually quite an enjoyable movie. It's kind of unique in the way that it uh, skips around through time, follows these characters. The characters age up quite remarkably. <laughs> I, was, I thought the same thing. Yes. It's, I'm it's like, actually she- like... Very well done, and I think that all of this movie's woes come down to the fact that it's called Big Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) It's very... It's really bad title. What am I going to go see? Close Encounters. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, what's the first and second kind? Oh my god. God. Well, that's certainly interesting. How about Wars in the Stars? That's pretty exciting. Big (laughs) Wednesday. (laughs) The worst day of the week, arguably. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe behind Monday. Um, and all, like I think you also hit on this, too. 
it, it's coming like 10 years after the hippie wave. This is the problem with, with the movie. Because like, it's w- such w- a time capsule movie, but it's not it a time capsule of its own era. It's very no, strange. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so, so yeah, it's, it is, it's so counterculture. This thing needed to come out in, in 1970. And the problem is, after 1976, you kind of have the catharsis of a lot of these ideas and sort of the Vietnam anxieties and like the, the lack of, the, the, the loss of identity and innocence through Taxi Driver. And Taxi Driver yeah. kind of like, 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 sear, like seals the deal on that. It's almost like the climax of a, like a, a, what a lot of those ideas could be. Now, you still have Deer Hunter. You still yep. have Apocalypse Now. I mean, you still have those like anti-war movies later on. Horrible film, by the way. It's... <laughs> ridiculous thing to say but yeah <laughs> but you still you still kind of have remnants of that but this to me felt like way more in the vein of easy riders or something like that which which is just like very hangout um as you said just very hippie very a spacey oh, it, movie it know? is a very like aimless languorous film sometimes for better sometimes for worse but it makes for this very interesting deeply sad and like personal story that actually does explore sort of the pressures of the Vietnam War in a way I hadn't seen. I haven't seen the draft presented this way before, and that was very weird. I'm not sure I've ever seen an extended sequence of the draft that was, like that. It was, and it was um, kind of incredible. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the last picture show, isn't it? Uh, it's the last picture. So, so it's funny you say that because Jeff Bridges actually turned down the lead role. Ah, actually turned down the Chan Michael Vincent role. So they were clearly like going for an emotional resonance similar to what it's, it's they like got the, out of the last picture a, show. Es- essentially, I thought the same thing. Like I did thematically. Movie. Like yeah. it's really it's sort of treading the the same waters. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, listen, last picture show, one of the great movies of all time, one yeah. of my favorite movies ever made. It's a fucking amazing movie and. That is a compliment above all compliments in, in my book. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, Adam is the one that introduced me to it. And it changed my life. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Thematically, it, it is like that. I think like stylistically, there's Different, yeah. there's more of an intention to Last Picture Show. Like Bogdanovich is very exacting, both in his filmmaking style and his editing style. Um, you sure, this, about, sure that this doesn't have that editing style? Those fight scenes are very similar to what Bagdanovich was doing. I guess that's a good point. There's qu- there's quite literally a fist going towards the camera as they cut. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is some of that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, the surfing scenes at the end, though, as thrilling and awesome as they are, I think like they're really good. It did kind of feel like, all right, boys, hit the waves yeah. and we'll just keep rolling. And whatever yeah. we get, we get. Like, there is no intentionality to the last Not in that way, no, no. You know, and well, they, like, they the figured all of that just, out in the editing room. They, they just play some, like, nice, like, this is the climax music. And they just let it run for five minutes straight. The score is just, is, while there's just awesome, dude. It's cuts of it surfing. Is so it's good, amazing. Dude. It's a, but the third act is like a religious experience. Yeah, like yeah it, sure, it's sure. the spiritual thing being up there with nature and the ways and reacting to the ways. It's it's beautiful. No, it opens <laughs> with the Milius VO, which yeah. is like right out of Apocalypse Now or Red Dawn, or I think Red Dawn has VO in it. Narrated right. by one Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself yes made me very happy yes robert england yes did narrate this um but you have just you know the very like you know is the wind god (laughs) blowing on us 
Why what did the cl- cl- what, where did the clouds come from anyway? Like it's that kind of and who are they for? Yeah, they're just sort of whispering <laughs> sweet nothings yeah, in your exactly. ear, and then the fucking score is blaring like it's chariots of fire. Like it's just like so goddamn epic, and I'm like, it is the most. Hell un- yeah, man. Un- <laughs> there is no reason for this movie to be as epic as it is. Yeah. Absolutely no fucking reason at all, but it is incredible. I like the movie. I fucking love it. I love this really good. I love it so much. It was pretty cool. I love it so (laughs) much. It's a pretty dope movie. It's weird, okay? Because it's not perfect, but of course not. No, no, but of course, it's, it's not even remotely close to perfect. John Milius made it. I, mean, I don't know, Adam. To be to be honest, there's more you can criticize for it being an imperfect film than you can compliment it for being perfect. Absolutely. There's there's this thing is chock full of problems. I agree. But yeah, it's weird because like nothing really happens. Nothing, dude. Nope. <laughs> they go shit. they go through decades i'm pretty sure like they a through, decade at least i think it's like 12 years i didn't check yeah. the title cards but it's probably around 10 to 12 years they go through like a decade and not only does everything not only do life does life happen but <laughs> nothing happens simultaneously that's and it's point. kind of incredible yeah yeah it, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because at the end of the movie there's a, a, a film screening it's kind of like a documentary within the movie about like the surf culture of Southern California. And, you know, the, the main character played by Jan, uh, Jan Michael Vincent is, um, you know, featured in the movie. And the filmmaker said that, yeah, we even include some old timers like you. And it's like, dude, you're 30. Like, what are you talking about? Old timers like there, but yeah, the movie does sort of, uh, yeah. Make it seem like being in your early thirties and having a wife and kids is like a fate worse than hell, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but but that's sort of the the tone of it. Like mountains are made out of molehills at every turn. Nothing bad really happens to these people. And well, a friend dies, a friend dies, but like fucking everybody had a friend that died in Vietnam, you know, and he's not even one of the heroes. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know who he was. I was like, I did no idea who, who the guy Waxer. was. Who actually died. Who the fuck was that? He was the drunk in, at, at the wedding that had the ring. It was that guy. He was fun or whatever, but he was... Are you sure? Yeah, Waxer. I don't know. Right? I don't think it was. I'm not sure. No, because I thought... <laughs> I thought I thought the the drunk you mean the drunk the guy at the beginning of the movie that's the same drunk that no no the drunk that it was, was like four or five blonde guys I could not <laughs> this, is, this <laughs> is an alien three problem I was having I was like who the fuck are these people I he can was, only recognize Gary Busey because he looks like an animal because <laughs> it's Gary Busey because his jowls are fucking poking ten inches forward and his eyes are sunken two feet in the back that of his guy, head that guy should do a hot dog eating contest <laughs> Jan Michael Vincent is the lead of the movie He's, his name is Matt Johnson he's the one getting married in the scene I'm talking about the guy sitting in the pew that, who had the ring for some reason and he's got like the, the beer in a in a plastic bag or in a paper bag and he stumbles on and is like yo great wedding guys that's uh, Waxer I don't remember Waxer well he dies. That's the worst because he died. Yes, but like it's not even like they don't show any sequences overseas. Like like you don't see a body. There's no like violence. It's just like oh yeah, he died, and we went to the funeral, and it was kind of sad. And he talked to his, her, his parents for like two seconds. You know, 
yeah. think it kind of works, uh, by the way, as a um, as a prequel to Apocalypse Now in many ways. Yeah. So well, let me. This is this, let me get to that. This amused the hell out of me. Let, <laughs> let me get to that just because there is surfing in Apocalypse yeah, Now. There's a very iconic surfing scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- this is uh, Milius talking about the movie several decades later um, and talking about like its cult status. Uh, when I did Big Wednesday, my first impressions were that I was going to do this coming-of-age story with Arthurian overtones about surfers that nobody took seriously, their troubled lives made larger than life by their experience with the sea. And that's what the movie is. It never strayed from that. There was a lot of pressure to make it more like Animal House, but the movie has a huge following now because it did have loftier ambitions. Um, so, like, it's, again, very basic shit. Just, we're going to ride this wave. You know, my f- girlfriend got pregnant. Um, you know, I got in a fight in, in, uh, in, uh, Mexico and Tijuana. Fr- my friends are going away and may, may see them again, might not. And you, you do kind of feel the impact of them, even though you, at the end of the day you're watching it, you're like, yeah, these are just like guys that are going to end up okay. You know? Well, and there, there is something though about, so this movie is obviously like they're getting older and losing touch with like the, their youth and also therefore their friendship being strained, not by specific incidents, but by just time. Sure. Right. Right. Time is the villain in the movie. Yeah. And that is one of those things that I think most people can relate to, especially the older they get. But the, 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 the reason that scene at the end is so important, you also have that character bear who is mm. an older guy who yep. his glory days are long behind him. And he's kind, kind of like the old man. It I, actually reminded me exactly of the old man in last picture show. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Glory days are long behind him. But he tells them, he says, one day there's going to be that big, those big waves, that big storm. And sure. that's going to be like the the best waves you're ever going to experience in your whole life. Right. <laughs> the big swell, and, as yes. they call it. Which yeah. Called yeah. the last swell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so important that it happens to these guys at this stage of their life where they're old and they're pretty much they're like, uh, this is it for us, essentially. Yeah. Last chance they go out they have their last hurrah and he symbolically at the end he gives away his board this special board that is only for these big waves essentially yeah uh yeah there is something really special about that scene and as as i don't know as fucking like ms paint by numbers whatever the fuck boring <laughs> it felt like it felt like a slideshow with shitty music it didn't feel that remarkable to be honest <laughs> well, with the you. opening is literally stills yeah, black and is. white stills with the right, dramatic right. music yeah. swelling over yeah. it yeah right. just like exactly. pictures of waves and i'm like what the hell but, is this <laughs> god it hits just right because there's so it's like like you, you describe this movie to anybody, like it just seems so boring, and it moves in a very "quote unquote" boring. Objectively, saw, objectively, yeah. it is boring. If I saw this thing twelve <laughs> years ago when I was like a punk high school, oh my kid, god, like I would have fuck. fucking hated this. Yeah, I would have hated it. I would have like. But you know what's ironic about Howard that? Movies oh my god! What's ironic about that is that I feel like this movie oddly, almost like could play in uh like a, a 90s or early 2000s setting with like skateboarding in oh, much sure. the same way uh, yeah sure and uh surfing and skateboarding are, like are two cultures that are very intertwined and they even like in this movie they even show like little kids on like homemade skateboards and longboards mm-hmm. yeah. uh at, at one point which i appreciated well it's, it's so. a west coast thing it's it, it's a mm-hmm. subculture thing i think like there's a there's a a punkish tilt to skateboarding i mean 
that you don't really have with surfers. I mean, surfers are like all peace and love and hippy dippy types and, you know, skateboarders formed jackass. Yes. I think that's basically the that's difference true, right yeah. there. But you are right in terms of like it's a it's a SoCal sort of. Yeah, but these uh, guys aren't all peace and love, even though they're surfers. They're not at all, actually. Yeah, they well, get they, into some fights. Yeah, they, 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 they they're they're keg party, beat them up, get into at, bar yeah. brawls in Mexico, guys. They're not sure. Yeah, frat boys in a lot of ways. They're they they're do- pull out of the draft because we don't want to go to Vietnam, <laughs> not because we're against war. Like well, it, <laughs> it does do a lot of work to try to get away from any stereotypes about surfing that one could have. Because like even watching it, I'm just like, yeah, there's there's not a single thing about aside from the surfing scenes themselves. There's not much about this that screams, oh, like these are surfer bros necessarily. Like n- n- those scenes are just like anything you or I would do if if we're at that age. Frankly, um, but I, I will admit <laughs> when I I don't know what it is like surfing's just funny to me. It's just it's just kind of funny. I don't know. Like, it's, seeing, it's, yeah, seeing I think the, it's one of those activities that like it's better to do than to watch. There's yeah, maybe I, kind of, some, I find it visually compelling, but it, no, not no, no, not but, in the same way that I find like boxing compelling. You know, I don't know. I agree. I agree. But I'm, I'm trying to pin down what that is because there is something like fascinating and also incredible. I mean, it it is incredible to see people do totally. This. But but seeing like a man in like red swim trunks who's like you know poorly tanned, just kind of dancing on his board, waving his arms like this. It's right. just like this is hilarious. <laughs> I think. And, and this guy, it's like this this wave could crush you in half right. a second if you fuck this up too. But they're just like dancing on their little board. It does. It doesn't look nearly as dangerous as it actually is. Okay. And uh, to a degree, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think it looks nearly as impressive as it actually is. I think it's actually it way seems harder. Like the to surf. hardest fucking thing right. in the world. I, I don't to know. I think it's like, like, it way harder really to surf hard. than it looks. I think it looks because to a degree, like the wave is doing the work that you can see. But, but the work we, that you can't see is the balance and knowing oh where to move. And I could not imagine getting I, anywhere close to like I could not imagine standing up for I would two drown. seconds on a surfboard. I would drown. You wouldn't if ride I tried. the the Big Wednesday, Nico. No, I would love to ride Gary Busey's Big Wednesday, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, 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 that hurts. <laughs> but I I I could not imagine lasting more than two seconds. Here's the here's the secret. <laughs> Raising. <laughs> oh, the headphones came off for that one. Uh. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I, I can't listen to that anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not we ever not since allowed. I saw that doc. Yeah, we're not allowed to listen. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> Um, no, but, there, but you're right. There is also something funny about a a person going out into the ocean and attempting <laughs> to conquer the waves, but the waves don't want him there. That's true. Like, there's something like there's, it's it's so not fluid. It's nothing but resistance. You know what I mean? It's you have not to sort fluid. of fluid. It's nothing but fluid. Well, no, it is. It is. Yes. <laughs> may, okay. May, it is fluid, and that's the miracle of it is that you're able to surf on chaos. You're able to sort of control chaos and create this dance out of something that doesn't want to dance with you. It's like it's like dancing with with a with the guy from Weekend at Bernie's. You know what I mean? It's like it's nothing but resistance. You're getting back. This person doesn't want to dance with you, and you're still I, making it look beautiful. Okay, this is getting at something. I think I think it's it's similar to like the the 
the Rocky 12 joke in Family Guy where he goes to Mars. It's like, it's seeing this thing that is should fail at doing what it's doing. It's like, don't worry, guys, I'm going out there. I got this. Right. It's like, no, you don't, bro. <laughs> Look at that fucking wave. Eventually, the wave is going to win. You don't got, and he's like, you know? I got this. Thumbs you up. stay there long <laughs> enough, the wave wins. <laughs> and then you just see them casually go out into these hundred foot of waves. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I guess it is, it is also like an exercise of futility because like at the end of the day yeah you, you fall off the board at some point right yeah right and you, uh, you fall off most of the time like there's a lot of falling off and a lot of going o- over you know waves awkwardly like it's it's uh it's bizarre it's a bizarre thing but what- I, I do find it appealing but i also know that i could never do it you know what, ma- what matters though nick is that you caught it you, the, you caught that wave mm-hmm. you were there Exactly. <laughs> and you'll never see it again. You ever see those videos of like the surfers in those coves? I think there's like a cove in Spain or something where the wave gets a hundred feet tall. Yep. Jesus just, Christ. I think HBO did a whole miniseries on it. I've, I've heard seen it's it. Great. It's awesome. Oh, it is awesome. It's fantastic. Oh, I need to check that out. Really interesting. Yeah, I heard stuff. it's really good. But I, I've seen some of those videos online. Like it's the the biggest waves in the world all happen in this in little, this little cove. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is like the most dangerous thing ever, but there is like something really beautiful about it. I would love to be uh, those guys as, as they catch the wave when it's creating the pipeline and you're just in this tunnel of water. Well, that coasting to me, oh. going back to when I watched Lilo and Stitch and Rocket Power growing up, like <laughs> that to me was always the coolest fucking thing in the world the is that you could go within the pipe. I will admit as well, I've always... Wanted to be a surfer a little bit. Totally. I've always wanted to be a surfer. Oh, kinda. could you imagine yeah. moving out west yeah. and just like getting high with your buddies on the pier all like, day? Like a California surfer lifestyle, I could get down with totally. that. Totally. I mean, I I wouldn't thrive, but I I think I would love it. But like hooking up with girls on on the beach every night, and then you wake up in the morning and you 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 get high and you catch some waves. Like, yeah, let's go walk the board. Yeah, this morning, man. <laughs> Now, my question is, um, how much does John Milius relate to the surfing lifestyle? Because there's a connection uh, with, with this movie and Apocalypse Now, and, and it, 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 immediately it caught my interest. I'm like, so what's the deal, bro? Well, I will tell you. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. John Milius was, from the age of 10, growing up in Malibu, California, a surfer, bro. Yes. <laughs> he was a big surfer. He loved surfing. Wow. Um, and so he decided to make this movie as his second feature, uh, behind, uh, Bellinger. Dillinger. Dillinger. Bellinger. Be- who the hell is Bellinger? Cody Bellinger. I'm sorry, it's a baseball <laughs> player. Uh, <laughs> Dillinger. Uh, uh, after Dillinger, he, uh, he, he makes this movie and it's very personal. It's autobiographical. Yeah. Uh, we also know if we know anything about John Milius and his movies and his depiction in The Big Lebowski, uh, he's a big uh, a big fan of war, or at least is fascinated by the... I shouldn't say big fan of war, but he's fascinated by the idea of war. <laughs> yes. Um, and, yeah, it, he was a surfer during the Vietnam era, was rejected by the Marine Corps, actually mm-hmm. wanted to enlist in the Marine Corps, felt like it was, like, his way of proving that he was a man, and it was, like, a valiant way to serve his country, and his country didn't want him, and so he was stuck just surfing during all of that, and so, you know, the way he describes it, he was always chasing the experience in Vietnam that uh, he never had, and 
That's really interesting to me because you watch his Vietnam movies, particularly Apocalypse Now, which features, as you said, a very iconic surfing scene yep. in the middle of war, <laughs> chaos, war, Agent Orange, b- b- you know, uh, firing upon you. <laughs> um, love the smell of napalm in the morning. It, you know, his depictions of war and violence are so not realistic. I mean, no. Apocalypse Now is such a fever dream of a movie and has as little to do with the Vietnam War as basically any Vietnam movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, I, I thought, had a similar uh, sort of bend in terms of its depiction of violence. It because there are so few consequences in this movie, as we talked about. It's such a gentle movie. Uh, you know, when characters get into fights, like they get like a bruiser under their eye or whatever, but... That's the end of it. There's no real consequence. There's no real like sitting there and contending with your actions. The violence is all there as sort of a tone setter. It's all there for mood's sake. Um, and I found that really interesting. That, that was sort of the through line here with Apocalypse Now. Like the Vietnam War is the backdrop of this. It's yep. about sort of the feeling of your country being at war. It's not about you going to no, war yourself. No, no. Um, so Milius, man, really interesting cat, man. Yeah. This guy was this guy was uh He dabbled in pacifism, but not in Nam, of course. Not in Nam, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is interesting too. Like cause I because the thing is, like, I found the violence in this aside from like one little moment, but like the the violence in this is kind of fun. Right. Like especially exactly. like one of the most incredible like brawls I've ever seen in a movie in that frat house scene is an unbelievable no, scene. Not a frat house. Well, I know, but his, his mom's his mother's house. But like it looks no, but feels like a frat but that's the point it's cute tables are breaking fucking dishes are slammed all over the place the mother is in her bedroom reading catch 22 what does she say keep them (laughs) off my coffee table (laughs) right Uh, and then i love the guys walk in and then like all of these jugheads are just like crashers oh god crashers party crashers all the while all the watching it's the best (laughs) All the while, um, um, Gary Busey is being basted like a turkey. Yes. Like the Seinfeld episode where Kramer gets basted in the hot tub or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Same thing. Except yeah, more Gary delicious Busey's character time. in this is a strange one. They call him the masochist. The masochist. Yeah. But, but, and, yeah, and they so, go, you like pain? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, that shit. It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but... So that scene happens. All this chaos happening in the house, and it's hilarious. It's just like the most fun party of all time. Yeah. I want to be at that party so much. Spraying the girls with the hose in the bathroom. Yeah, at the oh, same time. Talk about wet. Talk about wet. Yeah, pretty wet there. Yeah, spraying the girls in the bathroom. I don't know, man. That party. <laughs> there's a whole scene where they're all slow dancing to '60s music. Fucking rules. Dude. I have, give me that, dude. I have been to a few of these parties. I've never I, been to a party. I, like I don't that. want to know what kind of shit you do in your free time. All right. I have been to at least two parties that are exactly like this. I have never been to a party quite like that. Like the I've fuck? Been, I've been to parties where there are brawls. I've been to parties that are totally tame. I have not been to parties with this sort of strange combination of tame and 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 bizarre where where the night gets calmer the more they get drunk yeah never experienced that yeah Yeah. that's that's what it is nick yeah that might be the biggest like (laughs) leap of realism in the entire film and maybe it's just my weird life experience but i was like I kind of found it fairly realistic. It's like, you know something? This does feel like a party I've experienced before. And maybe it's the weird, noisy chaos as everyone starts to get a little bit 
drunker and calmed down and at a certain point they sort of settle into the couch <laughs> and they got a bucket right in their lap and shit right. like that right. that There's party felt like it was out of three decades at once Fine. Yeah, sure. Fine. That's what our generation's always trying to <laughs> to, to grasp onto, Which, man. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe that is more realistic. Maybe this idea of like what the eighties was like and what the seventies was like, maybe mm. those are just kind of constructs that have been uh built up through through movies. And maybe it was really more of a combination of the sixties, seventies, and eighties. You it know? reminds me of uh Peter Fonda's uh line in what what's the movie? God, what the hell's the movie? The Soderbergh film. Uh, the Limey? The Limey, where he's like, yeah, there's nothing like the 60s, and it wasn't even the 60s. It was 67 and 69, and that was it. <laughs> That's an interesting point. And I've heard people, means, say, yeah. people say the 60s is really like 67 through 72. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. That's true. Right. That's yeah. about right. Uh, but that whole scene happens and there's no consequences it's like you don't even get the scene of the mom coming downstairs I was gonna say the exact same thing like where is that scene they just cut right to the beach the next day they're just having a good time like he's not even grounded there's nothing but it's almost like like, uh, Milius wants to preserve their use before it slips away from them as much as he possibly can yeah it does it It feels both of the moment and also like really like it feels like a retrospective at the same time. Yeah. Like it feels like you're looking back on it with these rosy glasses, you know? Well, it's, almost, I, it's almost like the guy now is like telling his kid that it was just born at the end of the movie or whatever is a little girl. It's like he's telling her the story of when he was younger or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? definitely. And there, here's the thing, too. They're really t- to me. I didn't feel like there was like one protagonist. Honestly, yeah. like there's the lead of the film, but like the three leads are all given like this very unconventional amount of time. Yes. And, and it, the movie always kind of keeps its distance a little bit. It never fully embraces them. It's always just kind of looking and watching and right. hoping they'll be OK. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they are OK. You know, yeah, like, yeah, Jim sure. Michael Vincent's girlfriend gets pregnant and she says it to the friend group and yeah. he thought she was joking at first and. When she clarifies that she's not joking, he just goes, oh, okay, well, I guess uh, I guess that's that. Going to be a dad they just, now. You know? They all just go, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a pleasant, and I, yeah, maybe if this was a little more, like, grounded in the moment, maybe if this wasn't, like, so, you know, uh, reflective from 10 years, 20 years down the line, like, yeah, maybe it would have been a more real depiction of that moment. Maybe that moment would have had a couple choice words thrown in you know but yeah, there's for none sure. of that no in no. the movie you know the the uh the fight that they get in at uh, get in at uh, tijuana like mm-hmm. you know the car gets trashed or whatever but then the next scene the car's fine like it's a guy fucking dies yeah a guy they're still kind of okay. some random guy they like yeah. see a man die yeah and then I mean, the next day they just like move on i and i was i mean i guess i mean we're spoiling it anyway but when um uh, the the one of the leads is is catching the wave and he crashes. You know, it's like I knew in my head I'm like, oh, he's dead. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that's something this movie at this point should probably do. And no, he doesn't die. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the worst thing that happens in this movie is Bear's Pier gets closed. It's condemned yeah. by yeah. the state. You know, like, that's the worst thing that happens. It's like, yeah. oh, no, the pier. Because he totally gave up that bear. Yeah. He just completely let it go. But how many times you see, uh, you know, one of our main characters, William Cat's character, goes to Vietnam, gets drafted, even though he pretended to be gay and it didn't work. Uh, and like he doesn't die like he just comes back no PTSD I guess his his girlfriend is now married so yep. like that that sucks or whatever but like yeah there's just no consequence it, it felt like ASMR to me like in a I'm, weird way I'm I watching kinda... this movie I'm like this is great 
comfort food. Like, do you guys have those movies and shows or whatever that you'll put on at like one in the morning if you have insomnia and you kind of just want to fall asleep to it? Maybe you're stressed out. Like, I, I do that with like rounders and shit. I would love to ask because I have because I think everyone has a lot of answers for that and they're often very weird. Yeah. My like my one of mine, for example, is like like Robocop and Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> that's that bizarre no fucking sense to you but if you want like good comfort blanket movies yeah there's two zero dark 30 yeah yeah there were a number of blankets in that movie but they were used to waterboard people oh yeah so i'm not sure they were necessarily Anyways. comfortable yeah i know interestingly a guy that i mentioned i think literally last week that i just discovered that a comedian joe para yeah uh, i think it was last week it might have been on the other show um he actually had a show on Adult Swim called Joe Para Talks You Back to Sleep. That The premise of the show was to be a show that you could fall asleep to. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I had just discovered him, as I told you guys, maybe a week or two ago. And uh, less than three days later, um, I discovered through a uh, friend of mine and Michaela's uh, and recent father and uh, listener of the podcast, longtime listener. Uh, Jordan, he shared on Instagram Joe Perra's uh, post about how the show didn't get renewed, oh. Oh. which is a bummer. That's too bad. I thought you yeah. like knew Joe Perra through those people. I thought that's what you I were wish. saying before. You listed all these people <laughs> like the cousin of your wife's daughter. Yeah, or... he has like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. That is oh surprising. My God. Do you have a movie or a show? Not not a movie, uh, but more more so a show that. You used to low used to sleep like Bob Ross or something. I, I was just about to say, yeah. Most people, I think, use Bob Ross for yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll put on like an episode of Jeopardy, maybe. Um, That's a good one. You know. Uh, the Looney Tunes, strangely enough, I know. Like you think that's a lot of stimulation, um, but like that's something that's kind of just easy, easy watching. Old cartoons, like any any like old cartoons. Okay. Like I recently like got into watching like old Ed Ed and Eddie episodes at like one in the morning if I mm. needed help sleeping. Uh, yeah, I feel like this could enter the rotation though. I mean, it's very calming. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of yeah. stimulation on screen until the end, and even that is you know shot with this weird sort of remove that. Like I'm not really like in the waves with these people. But I'm kind of just watching something impressive. But it's satisfying. The whole thing is kind of like that. When you said ASMR, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. There's just something, yeah. you know, you know, I don't know that ineffable quality that is just sad. It's satisfying to just be drenched in the wetness of this movie. Totally. But it's but it's true though. Like even those those it's so sh- gentle. Yes. It's a gentle movie. Yes. You and know? It's, here's the other thing too, by the way. It's rare that we see a movie this gentle that's not cynical and up its own ass and trying to, you know, deconstruct everything you love about the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopeful movies. Yes. Yeah. Especially oh in the my 70s God. Too. A movie that's hopeful. Those. Jesus Christ. God forbid we <laughs> smile at the end of this. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, they're they're. I, I I get why it like failed at the time too. Like but I totally it, get it. And also, here's the thing: the knock on surfing movies is that they never made money. I mean, like up until Point Break, Hollywood was convinced that they could not crack the surfing code. There was not a single successful surf movie. But this is the sad thing about it, because like first of all, like as far as like surfing footage is concerned, this is it. This is incredible. Yeah. The the, the third act of this is unbelievably great totally uh and i love the nod to the wild bunch that was really uh funny to me mm. it, it made me very happy but um 
I it's sad because like obviously as we've already talked about it's very personal to John Millies but he's like pouring out his heart and soul in this and like crying for every take mm-hmm. that he's that he's capturing and it just sucks that you know it it, it failed so miser- miserably for him because I know that this was actually a big like like it, it it took a lot for him to get over this one yeah definitely uh, and years later it kind of gained a cult following did really well with the uh, with, with video stores obviously um, mm-hmm. was a big VHS hit and I think now I think it's found its audience um, I mean we're talking about it here so I mean it's lasted this far yeah, we're from we were born in 1995 right <laughs> we're like kind of like Big Wednesday it the made- <laughs> surfer movie from the 70s <laughs> no it made it to us I mean it's definitely it's it's a bizarre one though it's, it's a weird. bizarre artifact I do think it kind of, it fits our why is this a thing definition I would actually agree with you I was worried because I was looking at when it starts out and it's go- going for like 30 minutes and it feels like the last picture show to me I'm like yeah, really and then as it continues I'm like oh my god how am I this moved? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the surfer. Movie. It sneaks. It sneaks up on it you. Does, it does. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. It, it does. Definitely. You, you 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 become attached to these characters without even realizing that you care about them. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. Something about it. That cemetery scene. It's just like it's really quite good. Tarantino once said that this movie was too good for surfers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, just like, you know, surfers fucking suck. I don't think like he got what along a, with surfers. What a condescending, up. shitty thing to say. <laughs> <There's like this. laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> this, this movie's too good for them. Like, be this, nice to the surfers. Yeah, I know. It's like they, they can have a Vietnam movie too. I mean, come on. You know? I would love to see. Could you imagine Tarantino out there in the water trying to surf? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's an ugly sight. No, you could tell. Hell, growing up, like growing up in Southern California, around lots of surfer guys. I'm sure he wasn't popular, and I know for a fact Tarantino was not popular in high school and, and college. Uh, I'm sure like he had a lot of resentment towards them. And then like he starts working at a video store, and Big Wednesday starts doing really well. I think he said at one point Big Wednesday was one of the most requested uh, fucking VHSs at the video store he worked at. Like. There was definitely a lot of resentment, but he is a fan of the movie. He really likes yeah, the yeah. movie a lot just because it's such a weird tone piece. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Emilia definitely just got vibe, you know, that's I, all it is. Too, it's yeah. all vibe. Yeah. yeah, It's all just vibes. This movie. And I, for the record, I do think that the leads are good in this. I, think I, w- like, I would agree too. Yeah. Very you know, good. Jan Michael Vincent uh, died a few years ago. That was a guy in the 70s and 80s who had so much promise. A lot of people identified him as like, that's the next movie star. That's that's a guy, you know, and he had serious problems with alcohol and that sort of torpedoed his career. And, uh, but he has just, you know, that chiseled jawline that like (laughs) old fashioned movie star looks like you see that guy and you're like, that's Clark Gable. Um, and yeah, he's good in this, uh, as the lead, Uh, you know, we're introduced to him stumbling down the staircase at the beginning of the movie. Uh, but he's able to like surf in this extraordinary way, even though he's like falling over himself. That's how drunk he is. I love, I love the way that his, his body seems like stiff as he's surfing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. There's some, it's like, um, it's like, a like a drunken Kung Fu master. Exactly. It's effortless is what it is. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's, that's kind of the weird point of the character. Yeah. But I also love how that scene begins and how Gary Busey acquires the surfboard for this guy. Yeah. Just shakes him like a doll. Give me your surfboard. Don't you know who this is? <laughs> this is Matt Johnson. <laughs> that's great. not Matt Johnson. <laughs> and then he's out there I surfing. Think- 
That's Matt Johnson. <laughs> I think I'd know Matt Johnson if he walked up to me on the beach as before a surfboard. Okay, <laughs> you are not Matt Johnson. Oh man! Like who's I, catfishing is Matt Johnson? You know, like who's, also who's Matt Johnson at the beginning of this movie? You're like, what? Yeah, let's change the inflection on that a little bit. Matt Johnson is there's actually a director named Matt Johnson who made a film called The Dirties. I've never seen that movie, but I heard it's pretty good. It's good, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Okay, um, yeah, and Busey, so much fun. Um, we are criminally lacking Busey films, by the way. Yeah, we're due for Quigley, a film that I saw in sixth grade, and I can't believe our fucking teacher showed us that movie. It's a movie about how he's like this asshole dude who dies, and then God punishes him by sending him back to repent for his, his sins and turns him into a Pomeranian. Is it starring Gary Busey? Starring Gary Busey as the as Pomeranian. A, as a Pomeranian in a, in a voiceover role. Yeah, it's called Quigley. Quigley. Okay. Quigley. I'm Why does this just up? sound like uh, Nine Lives? Well, it is. <laughs> it is. It basically <laughs> is. The Shaggy Dog, too, I guess. It's all the above. But I think it's God. inherently better because it stars Gary Busey and not fucking Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he did recently have, I think it's an Amazon series called Gary Busey Pet Judge or Pet Oh, God. I never saw Maybe that. Maybe it was on Animal Planet. I don't know. But he was like a judge. Oh, God. And he like settled pet disputes. Pet related disputes. The guy is so crazy. Yeah, he's a he's a, a kook. We still sure. need to do Predator too. I'm telling you, we have to do a lot of things. Listen, we're you're right. We are criminally lacking in the Busey department these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get back to it. No question. Okay. Um. Yeah. What else did I want to mention here? Uh, oh yeah, as you said before, Nick, like the aging is really effective, and I thought that was interesting considering so many of the scenes are in water. Yeah. Like. A lot of this was done without makeup. A lot of it was just like facial hair and, you know, how the, the, the hair on their heads was uh, sort of changed over subtle. time. Just this weird. It, it's very subtle. And like, I, I couldn't really tell Jan Michael Vincent was as old as he was in the first well, part of this I movie. Also, and then I think that there's just an element of they just really went so over the top at the beginning with the childishness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That it really set just acting normal made them seem so mature by but the also, end. But, but also that in the very, you know, like, I guess you could say so, somewhat dour mood and the, the weird pacing kind of adds to the aging quality. It mm-hmm. makes it feel like you've been with these people for a very long time, for sure. Well, and a great way to age up a character is uh, for her to just suddenly be holding a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that really and, helps. And put them in <laughs> shitty clothes and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, everything with the draft is super fun. The, these three, oh, uh, great scene. These three punks decide we're gonna dodge the draft by faking shin splints, and one guy pretends to be a Nazi by doing Hitler salutes and mm-hmm. yelling uh, racial slurs. Uh, one guy pretends to be gay, even though that doesn't work. Like they'll still accept uh, gay people in the military. <laughs> apparently, you're homosexual. You're gonna love the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? I feel like that's actually not true. I think they probably would have kicked you out if you were homosexual. Yeah, well, there was there was definitely. I mean, don't ask. Don't I think that was I think the point well. was that they knew they, they yeah, saw through. They them. sussed yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was one guy that pretended to be blind. That <laughs> like was great shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um, that's really good stuff. And the Vietnam War sort of, yeah, it it, it percolates under 
this movie. It, it's never yes. really the focus. It's never it's, like really that much of an emotional focal point. It's um, always there. But it's always there. Yeah. You know, and I love movies like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Bear's really cool. I love Bear. <laughs> That's the one character in this that doesn't age. Like, he he might have been 30. He might have been 60 in this movie. And I no, he looks ancient by the end. Same beard length, though, the entire time. Yeah. But he does look a lot older by the end. He looks dirty and, like, he says, oh, I'm just a garbage man now. And they they really made him, like, fall from grace in a very dramatic way. I was going to mention that line. That line, when he said it, to me just felt like it was written just to be, like, a famous line. There's something about, like, the way they held on the shot. Oh, sure. It felt like John Millis is going to be like, this is the line they remember. I'm just a garbage man, and everyone's going to be quoting it on the streets. This is the film they remember me by. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, Bear's really good. He actually invented, John Milius did, a the brand, the Bear Surfing brand, I and oh, cool. uh, it's still around to this day. Wow. Um, you can still get Bear Surfboards, but it was created for this movie. Interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was really good. Uh, oh, I loved the little Hawaiian band just hanging out through all of this, <laughs> just playing like Hawaiian music yep. and you know wisecracking. Like, what are they doing at like the college kids' party? But I don't know. They're just chilling, playing tunes, having a good time. Just a nice little bit of uh, the scenery there. Um, and uh, yeah, then then we have the end. Jan Michael Vincent. After going through life, as you said, there's not really a plot to this movie. There's no. not really much to explain. Um, he goes to the beach because he hears there's one big swell coming. The biggest swell yet. You know, yeah. this is the moment that Bear promised them. Uh, J. Michael Vincent shows up, sort of an older man, leaves his kid and wife back at home. And, you know, there's police being like, get out of the water. Get out of the water. And, of course, he soldiers through. He trespasses that, on the property. That was one of my favorites. Just the whole background. All you hear is the lifeguard saying, like, get out of the water. It is dangerous. We have extreme <laughs> conditions. Meanwhile, cars just keep pulling up. Surfers getting out. Everybody's going towards the water. Yeah. And people are just watching it from the top. It, it's, it's like, what the, the hell best. are they going to do? Yeah. That was that, great. That, like fuck the authority sort of just you don't see that anymore no, right no, something don't. about that was just really awesome yeah uh so he walks out on the beach and who's there waiting for him at the bottom of the steps his two buddies they all had the same thought and now they're gonna ride the wave together uh and then you just watch for 15 minutes three grown men get thrown around by the ocean <laughs> just getting tossed around it's glorious and it rules it's amazing it slaps so hard it's so good and there's like no dialogue it's just no it's just continuous montage shots of these guys riding those waves and it's beautiful Big Wednesday. What a movie. What a film. Loved it. Yeah, I think I did too. Good job, me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else? Nah. Happy with this one. Good. Game time. Many Drew Gary. So I think, given what we know about John Milius's portfolio, uh, knowing that he has a stake in Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Apocalypse Now, 
You want to do John Milius? I think John Milius would be the choice here. I think we've done Busey before, haven't we? Have we? And We must have. I can't think of anything that we would have done him for, though. We've never done a Gary Busey movie? I don't know. We've definitely... I'm, I'm fairly certain we've done Busey before. Hmm. But we can think, do it again. I, I, I think, think we right. have done one. I can't think of it, but... Right. Uh, we did Under Siege. That had Gary Busey in it. That's true. That's um, true. But did we do that or Steven Seagal or... I don't know. I don't remember. I, I think let's go Milius. Okay. Because Milius could be any number and it wouldn't surprise me, you know? He's so you, a, said, you said he owns some stake in Star Wars? Well, yeah, he has a part of the percentage of... Uh, maybe it was just points on the gross. I don't I don't know. But I maybe mm. he still gets royalty checks. No, he doesn't. No way. Yeah, maybe not. No. Maybe they bought him out. Yeah. But even so, Ka- they Kathleen out. Kennedy would not <laughs> abide that. There's no way there's still cash and checks to John Milius. Kathleen Kennedy didn't want any of my ideas. <laughs> I thought those were too weird. <laughs> Has Milius done anything recently? Uh, yes. I mean, he did Rome, I think. Right. Yeah, but that was a little while ago now. But I don't know what he's done recently. Uh, he had a writing credit on the Red Dawn remake, but okay. I think it's just a story credit. All right. Um, he has an upcoming project. Oh, cool. A Genghis Khan movie. What the hell? All right. Currently in development. Interesting. What a weird guy. Hope he gets to make it. Very weird guy. What is up with his, like, his filmography is bizarre. It is bizarre. Well, he's a very strange, eccentric guy. He wrote Clear and Present Danger. I did not know that. He d- Oh, oh, you know what? I think I have heard that. Clear and Present Danger, huh? Uh-huh. That is such a Milius film, too. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. It totally makes sense. See, I would have thought that he would have written, like, Rambo as well or something like that, too. But James Cameron wrote the second one. Yeah. Yeah, that's very weird. Uh, okay, I will say James Cameron wrote Rambo 2. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that? I didn't. Yeah. It took me a while to process that. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? No, he did. <laughs> he also uh, wrote Avatar 2. Yeah, that's a good point, too. He did. Oh, well, allegedly. <laughs> the wettest movie ever, allegedly. Oh, that's the way of water, guys. I said this to Adam, I think, off mic. I, I cannot wait to podcast about Avatar 2. I kind of, yeah. I, I just think it's going to be so much fucking fun. No, I've told people I'm actually thrilled for that movie because it's either going to be great or horrible. Like I, Either way. And there's like, no I, in between. I, I just feel like I'm going to have a million things to say about it. Like, there's no way I'm going to be like, yeah, it was all right. But, well, well no. no here's I, the problem. That's what all of the critics are going to say. That's the thing. But does it bomb? But there's, No. I, there's a million ways to discuss it. Yeah. You know, it's a bottomless pit, man. I, I'm, I am. <laughs> God, I'm so excited. Avatar. That the first one came out in 2009. Yeah. What the fuck is this thing? I don't know. Uh, we were 14. That's crazy. So, somehow <laughs> oh, this guy. Man. How old is James Cameron? That's crazy. He's gonna be to 70s now. He probably might be pushing 80. I think he's almost 70. 67. There you go. Oh, okay. I thought he was older. Yeah. He was 55 when Avatar came out. Now he's 67. So at this pace, he'll be 80 when Avatar 3 comes out. Avatar 3 is done. Yeah, they're in the can, apparently. Avatar 3 is... Or at least 3 is in the can, yeah. Yeah. Whereas 4... Oh, but they're going to just skip straight to (laughs) 4? Is that the plan? Well, they they block shot it, I think. I think they shot both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's Uh, my understanding. Uh, And then, yeah, he'll be 82... 
when uh my no, 92 under- when the next one comes out okay so my understanding is that a story is written for four and five but they he he has said that he hasn't begun shooting four and five to what i that's what i think there's a story or there's a script there's a big difference well hey a beat sheet it's a nice little outline so okay. there you go you have your story <laughs> like there's no way, obviously, he's gonna be alive to make all five of these movies. I don't know, man. It's possible. If alive, like, there's no way he's still making movies. Like, I would like him to move on. That's, That's what I'm really trying right. to say here. How I many would years like do we have left with on. this guy? Yeah, and we're gonna waste him doing this. Well, and that- also, who's gonna pick up the baton and finish Avatar? <laughs> nobody. Good fucking nobody question. cares. Right, exactly. Nobody. <laughs> Like like Spielberg did with Kubrick's AI, you know? Like, oh my God. Who, who's gonna be like, we need to get. The master's final word out. But it's it's a huge pain in the ass. Who would want to take that on? Yeah, it's of course. Yeah, because it's Cameron. I got just the guy, actually. His name is Colin Trevorrow. Ah, oh, <laughs> there we go. He is going to weasel his way Fuck in. Isn't that's the rest of his career is just making Avatar sequels. He's going to talk his way Jurassic World kid. 9 and Avatar 4. <laughs> like, Were you guys like... Moved in any way by the Avatar two se- the trailer? Like, no. Was there a trailer? Yeah. It hmm. looked like shit. I, I don't know. It doesn't. It, I thought it looked like you know, like whatever. It does. It, no, it looks to me. It just looks like whatever. It's not even that it looks like shit. It, but the, the the surprising thing is that it doesn't look much different from the way it did in two thousand nine. Right. Right. It's like, and in two thousand nine, it was groundbreaking, and yeah, now it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Not as impressive as the the, the latest uh, Munsters trailer by Rob Zombie. Nick, Have did you, you see this? Holy shit. This movie looks like hot fucking garbage. <laughs> Rob Zombie is oh, a horrible director. Yep. He is uh, legitimately one of the greatest showmen, but uh, as far as... Directing film, man, this guy sucks. This is one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. I, w- I think. I think. I'm popping it be. on right now. I'm gonna play it in the background while we chat. Uh, I've, I've never. Yeah, I, it was <laughs> horrifying. I've never seen a movie trailer by I did, like a major I did see- studio. <laughs> I've ne- I've never seen it look this amateurish. Like it's it's it looks yeah like yeah, yeah. union professionals worked on this movie. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Am I intrigued? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm so super, but like, yeah, it is like the pacing of it. Even like the sound is really weird. There's a weird sound mix going the on. Film grade, man. It looks like shit. I mean, the, act, the the chick that plays Elvira is, is playing Mrs. Munster? I mean, it looks purposeful. Like, that's the that's caliber the of actor. Yeah, that is the thing, though. It's, it's weird. Like, it's like, what is it, it doing? It looks intentional. Is it a joke? I. I, I... I but think it's, it's a, supposed to just be a play on like what the old show was like. But it didn't look like that. <laughs> I know, yeah. It didn't feel like that. It almost yeah, looks yeah. like the old like Adams family, but not the Munsters. Well, the, or something. The, the thing about the Adams family is that it was the dark Munsters. It was kind of like it kind of like had a little uh, mm. yeah, slight edge to it, I guess. A little edge to it. Whereas the Munsters was just a straight comedy. Just Straight family sitcom, you know. Oh, grandpa got stuck in the chimney again. Like it was all that. Jesus there was, Christ, this yeah. is. And now zombies trying to like make it dark, but it's also PG. It's a family yeah, I movie. I don't think he is trying to make it dark, to my understanding. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm watching a Muppets movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't besmirch the Muppets, by the way. Yeah, please. Watch your mouth. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, this is weird. I'm intrigued. I'm in. When's it coming <laughs> I th- out? I think we got to do it. Oh, for sure. That'll be our Halloween thing. I think it's coming out in the September dead zone, which is always a great sign. But do we Perfect. talk about... Ooh, wow. Do we talk about other Rob Zombie films, though? Because he has some of the worst films I've ever seen. I don't know if my little heart can take it, Adam. It's... <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Can't do his version of Halloween two. Oh my we god! We could do Zombie Month. Zombie Month with it, it for October the, for the spooktacular this year. That's not a bad idea. I have disliked every film he's made. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm I'm certainly intrigued by the monsters. Okay. Uh, I will say John Milius is worth $25 million. That will be my guess. Uh, Drew Carey worth uh, approximately $123. How many John Milius's is that, Nick? Uh, I'm going to say John Milius is worth $150 million. Going high there. Hmm. Those those boards, man. There's a market John Milius. For 150 million though oh, and he man. looks just like walter he does I know. it's fucking hilarious dude <laughs> you said he does he sell surfboards you said he does well he, he's got to have get, get some of the share there i guess he has yeah. a piece yeah all right i bet you right. i bet you this is the type of guy who like owns a line of like hats oh god I, he probably I, has like a vineyard that's the thing i don't you know, know. I, i'll go because because the the copla thing that was a kind of a surprising one to me, but it makes sense. coppola has got a vineyard. Yeah, exactly. No, I think he is possibly in, the, in a similar umbrella. I'm going to go $100 million. Okay, we're going uh, $25 million, $100 million, and $125 million? Is that right? 50. $150 million. Okay, well, we uh, overestimated John Milius a little bit. Oh, the actual no. net worth, Ooh. $5 million. Oh. <laughs> I guess someone blew all of the Star Wars checks. Making Rome for HBO. Uh, Milius. Make another movie, Milius. Yeah. Weird figure. Weird figure. Yeah. Give me a slim Thursday or a wide Saturday. (laughs) Totally. Help out Francis Ford Coppola and his new, his last movie coming out. I don't know when. That's going to be weird. Uh, Megalopolis. He's not going to make it. You know that. Like he, He's not going to survive that long. You don't think so? No. He's a large man. I know. Well, so was Hitchcock, and he made Frenzy. Come on. What's the difference? I, I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> I mean, I, I want nothing more than to see another Coppola movie. But I know. Not, I happening. know. But like, ugh. You know? He but could, a, a little he, boy can dream, I guess. He could do it. He, if 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 Cameron can make these Avatar sequels, then why can't Coppola make one more movie? Has, has Tarantino announced his last movie? Uh, no. No. There, there's Nothing. been some, some whispers about... I think there was a, a potential Django Zaro crossover movie. Uh, then there was a talk of, a, obviously, a Star Trek movie... Um, that never really uh, calcified. Nah, he's his last movie is gonna be something it's unique. Tarantino. Yeah, but see, this is why it's annoying because like he's 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 twisting himself in, into a pretzel, like trying to skirt around his ten movie rule. Like he he said, like if he made a Star Trek movie, it wouldn't really count. Yeah, towards one of his ten, 
And like, th- this is what's frustrating because now he's going to wait, wait, wait till the perfect opportunity to make his 10th. And meanwhile, you could just do like three more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just get started on the next one. You know, he's got that. Nah, he should have. He should have just said 10 movies in the Tarantino universe and just called that. He doesn't want the, any of them to be bad, though. That's the thing. He needs to make only the Well, good some of movies. them are bad already. That's the Quinn, thing. Okay? You've already made bad ones. It's fine. Get through the bad ones. Yeah. I can't see him not making any movies ever again. I don't know. He's, He's really into, the, I guess, writing plays now. I think he wants to do, like, some theater. How many plays has he produced? Uh, I don't think any yet. All right. But I think that's what he says. He wants to do theater. Um, I think in the time he's mentioned that he wants to do theater, he produced uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it's clear to me that he's a little more interested in film. He is writing a book of film criticism. Okay. Of film essays that's going to come out next year. That, that, I mean, I'm fascinated by that. I definitely want to read that. But yeah, just fucking, come on, dude. Get on set. Let's go. Yeah. That's what you were put on this earth for. Exactly. It's God like damn it. fucking Clint Eastwood's 92. He's still churning <laughs> out movies. Well, he, he does take his time writing his movies too, though. Tarantino. Yes. He doesn't, he is, I'm sure he's working. We'll see. Yeah. I'm sure he's working. Okay. Uh, make Big Wednesday too. How about that? Oh, Big Wednesday. Ooh. Oh my God. That'd be so good. Holy shit. Big Wednesday shit. too. Bigger Wednesday. Could you imagine a Top Gun Maverick version of Big Wednesday? That kind of sequel? Holy oh, they shit. all come back? Oh, my God. Gary uh, DC's I... character got into a motorcycle accident, and now he's a raging <laughs> lunatic? <laughs> That's some know. character development. Is William Cat still alive? Let's I... see. He is still I alive. So, yeah. He could re- he could reprise his role. Yeah. And he doesn't you need... see, uh, you know. It's been 45 years since this movie came out. <laughs> Seeing these old, old men pussy <laughs> on the board. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Fuck yes, guys. <laughs> that image is. Oh, these guys man. are ancient. I'm the only one that can surf that wave. I can't feel my bones. <laughs> uh, all right. Love you. We'll be back next week with Nick's selection um, and the results of the Tom draft. Wet month, man. It's going swimmingly so far. See what I did there? (sighs) Just came to me just now. Uh, Until next time, (laughs) you've been so very, very naughty. (gasps) Naughty. Naughty.